This is Driven By, a podcast where we explore the intersection between passion and purpose. Sitting down and having conversations with risk takers, change makers, builders, and entrepreneurs to find out what it is that drives them. Hi, I'm Andrew Savoya. I am a cellist and a content creator on TikTok and also Instagram, but I'm also a student at Georgetown. I just finished my master's in physiology and biophysics there, and I'm headed to med school in the fall, so I'm super excited about that, and I'm excited to be here. Um, you know, I live right now in Arlington, Virginia, uh, but soon I'll be moving to Chicago, so uh, you know, big change of pace, but I'm excited, and I'm excited to be here, so thank you for having me. Yeah, this is um, kind of a really interesting time of your life. I I feel like you're like taking off and becoming this uh, big like viral musician in the area, but you're also like embarking on some like very serious like life stuff, which is so crazy. We um, had the pleasure of meeting each other in person like a few weeks yeah. ago at a yoga event, which yeah. was um, really cool. Yeah. But I think I like little, kind of like fangirled and came up to you. I was like, so I've actually really wanted to meet you and I have a podcast and I'd love for you to be on it. Yeah. And this is my first podcast ever. I so, am loving this. You know, and like I see all these TikTok people doing podcasts now and it's like, well, I've always wanted to do a podcast or like go on a podcast. So like yeah. you providing this opportunity for me, I think is really special. So. I'm getting you ready for what the future may hold for you. <laughs> um, before we dive into you and your passion for music and kind of like where you find yourself heading off to from a purposeful place. I'm really curious for you to tell us a little bit more about how you kind of got to where you are today. Um, how did cello bring you to this place? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a crazy story. So, I mean, I can rewind all the way back, but I mean, I guess like the whole, um, so I've been playing cello since like I was nine. So I was originally kind of in a very musical family. So I have two older sisters. I have a younger brother. We all played the piano growing up. And my parents were in this at the time, like a fundamentalist Christian thing. Yeah. So we were all homeschooled at a very young age. Oh. Um, and I mean, they've since like parted from that and like, but I mean, being homeschooled, like we had so much time to practice instruments as Yeah, as that's what I was about to say. Yeah, so it's like it, it provided a great environment for us to learn music. Um, and, you know, we were all classically trained on the piano. I switched to cello when I was like nine um, because I really so I saw somebody playing it in the church that I grew up in. Okay. And. Uh, it was like a good Friday service. So like all the lights were like turned really down, like down low yeah. and like the ambiance was there. And I saw this guy, like the spotlight was on him. He was playing the cello and it was like this really moving song. And I was like, I really felt that. And it was this huge, huge ceilings in this church. Like, like all the sound was like reverberating all over the place. And I just, I fell in love with the sound there. And then I like, I remember talking to my dad, I was like really young and I remember talking to him after the service and I was like, Hey, can we like go meet that guy? And he brought us like to the back. Cause like my parents knew the musicians and stuff sure. and the conductors. So I went back and I talked to him and he was like showing us the cello, my brother and I. And I think from there I was like, okay, like mom and dad, can I play the cello? So then I, they, they hooked me up with like a cello instructor and I started playing with my school too. Yeah. So, and then I started learning a lot of classical stuff. I was trained using like the Suzuki method, which is one way to learn cello. Uh, there's some different like ways to learn, but Suzuki is also focused on like 
um, learning how to play instruments from using your ear. Sure. So if you can hear something, then being able to like replicate that on the cello. And I think that's one of the things that I've like started to use on TikTok now. Um, but yeah, like I, I've just kind of kept playing and did some orchestras and stuff when I was like in high school and middle school, sure. played with my school. And then, uh, you know, I didn't really play much in college. Like I studied neuroscience. Like I'd always yeah. kind of wanted to be a physician. My dad's a dentist. So I kind of grew up in that healthcare environment and I, yeah, I just, I kept playing just like on the side for my friends. Like my friends would kind of almost like pitch me songs and see if I could play them. Yeah. And then I posted a video like after I graduated, when I was living in Blacksburg, Virginia, I went to Virginia Tech. So okay. I was, I was living in Blacksburg. Yeah. <laughs> And I posted a video, it went viral, and I was like, okay, got to keep doing this. And it's led to all these cool opportunities. That is so crazy. So crazy to me. I'm imagining, I don't know how tall you were at age nine. So you're like a tall guy now. And I'm imagining a nine-year-old grabbing a cello, which only comes in one size, by the way, right? Well, so the interesting thing is they actually have like mini cellos. They make kid cellos? Yeah. And they've got like, (laughs) I think they go as, as far as like a quarter size. Okay. And a quarter size, I think I started at like three quarters. Okay. Um, no, I started a half size, half size, three quarter and then full. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, and those, those things, I mean, they're small. Yeah. That would, that, yeah, yeah. That makes more sense. But I'm just like, huh? Like the cello is such a large instrument. Yeah. Opinion, yeah. But did both your parents play instruments as well? So yeah, that's, uh, they actually did not That's um, crazy. So they're out here just yeah. like making y'all play instruments. Yeah. yeah. So my mom played the harp. Okay. So she did. Just she not played an easy that. string yeah. to learn, right? Yeah, and I mean, there's like different kinds of harps, as I've learned, because both of my older sisters now play the harp. Oh, interesting. And my oldest sister went to Juilliard to study the harp, and now she's in law school. So she's kind of doing also different things. And then my other sister, Francesca, she also studied the harp at um, George Mason mm-hmm. um, and then got also a degree. Now she works for the government. So it's like, you know, everyone's kind of doing different things, but they all all my siblings will still have music kind of at the core. And it's also something that goes with them as they, you know, go throughout life. So I think it's really cool. No, that's amazing. I mean, I, my biggest regret as a, I was in choir, but my biggest regret is like never having learned an instrument because I've never really had to learn how to read music in a really like intentional, thoughtful way. Yeah. It's interesting because you mentioned um, the Suzuki method. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. And I feel like that's got to attach very much so to some of the stuff that you do now, um, which yes. is yes. listening to real like pop culture, listening to like hip hop, like I've heard you play to like straight up rap, which I'm like, I die. I think it's amazing. Yeah. But, um, it sounds like if you were playing piano at some point, you probably can read music like to some degree. Yeah. I definitely can read music and like, you know, growing up playing in orchestras and stuff like that was what I was trained on. And then, yeah, like I listened to a lot of pop music and I listened to all these songs all the time. Yeah. What's interesting I think for me is like, Growing up, we were only kind of allowed to listen to like classical music. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And because of this like fundamentalist organization that my parents were in. Sure. There was like a certain like type of music that we were allowed to listen to. And it's mostly classical. Okay. Uh, So I think like there came a point where, um, you know, in my childhood was like, man, this rock music, this pop stuff, like Mm -hmm. this is really cool. I need to like start listening to this more. And um, I think, you know, that's also kind of inspiring me to like try to do new things on the instrument. Sure. Um, That's great. Yeah. So 
I want to get into the viral video. I want to get into you like all of a sudden skyrocketing. And also like just TikTok as a platform is just so yeah. bizarro to yeah, me. And I so like, will talk a little bit about that. But I mean, you paint this very romantic um, moment where you sort of attached yourself to the cello, which I think is like so incredible. And I get that. Like there's something about being inside of a church and like, you know, pa- like the presence of whatever. Right. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But growing up, was that what you wanted to be when you grew up? Was it, I want to be a musician or was there something else that was like top of mind for you? Yeah, it's a great question. I think for me, like watching both of my older sisters pursue music more seriously than I was at the time, um, was kind of like a, an interesting thing. Um, I got to see them pursue like the harp and go down that path. Like my oldest sister going to Juilliard and stuff. And, you know, at the end of the day, for a lot of those classical musicians, um, you're looking at like careers in orchestras. Mm -hmm. So like that's your kind of career. And I didn't really see myself being somebody that was like a paid professional in an orchestra, like in that setting. Um, You know, I really like listening to classical music and I love classical music. Um, But I think the healthcare setting that I kind of grew up in with my dad being a dentist influenced me more. Okay. So I, you know... I got to work with physicians when I got to college and stuff and explore that more. And I think that's kind of where that passion developed. And, you know, I didn't separate myself from music completely. And I think that's something that I'm now really grateful for. Sure. Um, because, you know, now I can kind of, um, explore more things on my instrument and play stuff that, you know, people aren't normally playing on the cello. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said about, um, having like dual, passions or like having a passion for something that is like a fun thing for you to do. And then also having a passion for something that may tie some, in some capacity back to the music as well. But so I'm a little Andrew, little Andrew's like, I'm going to be a doctor when I grow up. Is that right? Yeah. Well, so actually (laughs) what's funny is I really wanted to be a trash collector. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. They make great money. Like I remember like telling my mom, like we'd always watch the trash guys come through and I was mm-hmm. like, I really want to do this. And I feel like that's such a little kid thing was to it say. Because of the truck or? I think it was like the, they just had this like swagger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? They like they were toss it back. riding on the side yeah. and they, like, they like jump off and they're like, you know, they're, they're always on the move. Yeah. And, uh, I, I just was like inspired by that. I was like, I want to be a trash collector. What did your parents think about that? And they were like, I mean, yeah, you can do that. I mean, they wanted me to pursue anything that I wanted to, but they also got me involved in all these different things. So, yeah, I mean, um, they basically had you say you can be anything you want to be. And immediately it was like, let's get him into music. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I always ask that question because um, sometimes there's correlation between what the smaller version of you wanted to be when you grew up and then end up what you end up finding um, attachment to or passion to. I'm going to try to make that correlation in the sense that um, people that are in the community as like very um, predominant figures like trash collectors, people that are like helping keep places clean or helping keep neighborhoods tied together may simply tie to this idea of helping people. I don't know. I'm drawing a lot of... (laughs) I'm really deeply pulling here. Yeah. Okay. So you get to a place where you're like, I'm going to make a video and put it on TikTok. Yeah. What was the like inspiration for that? Like what was, who told you to do it? Like, was that just, it came from your mind where you like, I, this TikTok thing is like a thing. Let me go ahead and try it. Or what was the skinny? I guess like, so do you even remember. Yeah. So this was actually uh, probably two years ago. Okay. Um, and I was living in Blacksburg 
working in research. So my major was neuroscience at sure. Virginia Tech. And then I worked in a neuroscience research lab. We were researching epilepsy. And this is like kind of when COVID hit. And I remember like I had a lot of free time. So I was just like, we, we had this house that was like, you know, kind of in the country in mm-hmm. Blacksburg, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And we're just like me and my roommates were always like just hanging out all the time, working out. And uh, we had a lot of free time. So I kind of also was going through a breakup at the time and it was like kind of a painful breakup. And, you know, the cello has always kind of been there for me, like at certain times in my life, because I think like the cello is really good at it's good at like happy songs, but it's, I think, even more emotional when you're playing something that's really sad. And there's a lot of interesting like classical pieces that like you can play on the cello that sound they're just so emotional and they just bring up um for me just like a lot of it's, it's kind of a way for me to process things okay so I was kind of going through this phase in my life where I had also applied to medical school and not gotten in and I was going through this breakup and you know I I started playing my cello more and I got involved in a community orchestra in Blacksburg and at the same time you know I had my cello and I was practicing for my orchestra things for this community group and for the Virginia Tech, like string symphony or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there was also pop songs that like we were just always playing. So I was like, Hey, you know, TikTok was also just like starting to be a thing at yeah. that time. So I remember hearing like a, a TikTok song and I was like, Hey, look, let me see if I can just like play this on the cello. So I yeah. played it. And then my roommate came in, like we were on this, like, like the bottom floor in our house. There were two rooms down there. And my roommate walked in from the other room and he was like, yo, that's, that's amazing. Like <laughs> we should video that, right. We should put that somewhere. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's a, that's a great idea. So I learned this TikTok song. I went to my friend's house. He had like a, a pretty nice house and he held up his iPhone, filmed it, and I posted it, and then it just went crazy viral. And I was like, okay, you got to keep doing this. Like, this is this is really cool. What was that like for you? Like, I, there's no way you were expecting that. Like, period. No, no, no. way you were expecting. No way. And when you say viral, what was like? At what point? How many? How many like engagements had you gotten where you were like, damn, this is viral? <laughs> well, so like at the time, I, what I thought was viral was different from what is now. Yeah, I mean, viral. I think like when I yeah. get an Instagram post that gets two hundred likes, I'm like, shit, this went viral. I think I got like, <laughs> I got like fifty comments in okay. like in like twenty minutes, and I was like, oh. Okay, Your phone was is, like going yeah, off. Yeah. And then it's crazy. Like now I'm always on my phone. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like going through my phone. I think that video got over a hundred thousand views. Yeah. And I was like, and somebody commented on that video. I remember this very clearly. They were like, beware. The internet is coming. Like that was the, that was like the comment. And then it's gotta be so surreal. Yeah. And then after that, like comments just kept rolling through. People started duetting it. And like a lot of different artists started using the audio. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the cool things about TikTok is you can use audio. Yeah. Uh, so I always try to try to make my audios now like very good so that other people can use them. It's kind of sure. like a way to spread my music, but also help other people like, you know, spread their art. Okay. Um, so yeah, I just remember like seeing all these crazy comments and like, you know, a lot of them were like, <laughs> you know, focused on like my looks. There were a few of them that were like, okay, this is like really cool music. And, yeah. Like, you know, I think it was just the combination of the setting being in that really nice house. Um, you know, I was also dressed like a frat boy, I feel like at the time and I posted that video. So it was like that juxtaposition of like the cello. Yeah. I was going to say that. Song. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that. I mean, I think, um, people 
and I'm sure you understand like the stereotypes of like classical music and, and like classical instruments and things that you like have only ever seen at weddings and like orchestras, whatever. And you put that in your mind and you kind of like imagine this like old dude that's like kind of gross yeah, looking, yeah. like playing it or like an old woman yeah. that looks like she's just like tough. And yeah. then all of a sudden like to you and you're like, oh, this person's like young and like, like has it together. Like it's in generally in like decent shape and like, you know, yeah. looks like a normal person. Like, damn, this is like <laughs> a different situation. Yeah. So I'm sure I can only imagine like what the comments look like. I yeah. haven't gone on yeah. red or anything along those lines. In fact, I literally just got a TikTok. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah. I can only imagine. So <laughs> You and your roommates are sitting around, you and your roommate are sitting around, you're like, damn, we just did that. So then yeah. what? Like, do you think about this as like a, okay, we gotta do the next thing? Like, it was it kind of like a rush? Yeah, and or? it was like kind of everybody in my circle at the time. And I, what's, what's interesting is now I see this happen to other creators on the app. Yeah. And it's like everybody in your circle kind of comes around. I was like, okay, like, how do we like ideas. help you? Right. Yeah. Like let's, let's like kind of come together, create ideas. Yeah. It's like somebody becomes like your videographer. The other person right. becomes your like yeah. content, like curator. The other person's like, this is what you should wear. Yeah. And you're like, exactly. Right. Right. Don't. Yeah. And I had somebody like, <laughs> I had somebody tell me one time I had like uh, a person that was like trying to get in touch with me for like, uh, this was like after, uh, probably like six months of posting, getting in touch with me about like my look. Mm-hmm. And she was like telling me all these different things about my look. And I was like, oh, interesting. I've never been like. Critiqued. Is this somebody you like knew, or is this no, just it was like, like a, a random person like a, on the a internet? Manager, potential manager kind of person. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is interesting. Like, I've You're never like, been. I'm going to be a doctor, assessed. by the way. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> she was like, you have a really nice Adam's apple. I was like, I've never really looked at myself right. like that, but okay. <laughs> and, like, I'm, I'm blushing for you. Yeah, no. That's amazing. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, everybody in my circle at the time kind of came around me and were like, okay, how do we like keep doing this? This is really cool. Uh, I have a lot of supportive friends, which I'm really thankful for. Yeah. I had one friend at the time that was also living in Blacksburg. His name was from Scano. And he was a videographer. So I did some videos with him. I knew this other guy, Ryan, who's who now lives in like the D.C. area with me. And he does like a lot of videography for me now. Uh, So all these people that I kind of met through that initial, um, you know, generation of millions of views and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. it's, it's been like a journey, but I think one of the thing that, one of the things that's really important for me is the relationships that I've built along the way. Yeah. Um, like I've never had this kind of relationship where it's like, we're creative, but we're also like working on projects and we're also just friends too. Yeah. It was something you and I talked about really, really briefly in passing, um, at the event that we were, we were both doing in very different capacities. You were playing music and I was like teaching people how to move their bodies. But, um, that was something that you mentioned at that, that session and like very much like stuck with me only because I also agree. And it's, we're talking about very different worlds, but the fitness community is very similar where you end up meeting people in the fitness space and you end up like being able to pass ideas back on each other and you're kind of like just like jiving with the next person and like jamming on like well here's how I'm like thinking about my business and like here's how I'm thinking and I know for you you have big plans you're moving to Chicago you're you're gonna go back to school like you're going to become a doctor Mm -hmm. I look at it and I'm just like it's got to be such an interesting space for you right now because 
you're going through all these spaces where people are like jamming with you. They're talking with you about how mm-hmm. to like create together. And like, I know part of your brain is probably being yanked away from this like yeah. space. Yeah. What is that like for you? Are you in constant, um, tug of war or are you just really like attaching and appreciating these moments right now and acknowledging that like, just because you're going to be taking this additional path doesn't mean you have to like let go of this creative side of you. Yeah, I mean that's that's a very good question. I mean, this Are you is still figuring it out. Yeah, I, I am still figuring it out. You know, I um, I've been going through a master's program for the past year, and the master's is not as difficult or as um, you know integrated and everything as like a first year of medical school would be. Okay. So I've had more time to like focus, and I've had enough time for me to just kind of like you know, do what I want in the creative space, but also have enough time to focus on school. Mm -hmm. So like balancing those for this past year has been, you know, okay. Uh, but it's definitely something that I struggle with. And a lot of people will ask me like, Hey, do you want to do cello full time? Do you want to like pursue this professionally? Yeah. You know? And then I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to med school and I've always wanted to be a physician. Like I love helping people. And that's like, I think what drives a lot of, you know, both of my passions. Yeah. So I'm trying to find a way to balance both of them. Um, you know, I, I've seen med students that are like also on the creative side as well. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I think I'm going to try to navigate both fields and, you know, find like, like the creative space really gives me a lot of energy, like anything creative, like it's not really work for me. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it, it can become work, <laughs> especially if you're doing it over and over. It can I mean, if you're creating content as yeah. much as you are, I feel like you're just like right. pumping it out. Right. But there are some times where I'm like, I feel really inspired and I'll stay up to like 3 a.m. like working on a song. Just you're not going to want to do I that during that. med school. Right. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely something I'm, I'm kind of figuring out as I go. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to have outlets um, and I think it's super important to have side hustles and all that good stuff. Obviously you have like a good head on your shoulders. You'll be able to manage whatever comes your way with regards to having to kind of parse out your time. Um, when you think about, uh, the transition you made into playing music and playing music in like crowded spaces, I mean, like you, you were talking about some of the relationships and people you've met, Mm -hmm. you've been in some really cool rooms. Like you've been around some really like cool people, not the yoga class that we did. I mean, you got to meet me, but that's like, regardless, you're very cool. Yeah. Very cool. (laughs) Just not like as cool as some of like the very cool stuff I've seen you do and, and the people I've seen you work with. What was the aha moment for you where you were like, okay, like I can like make money doing this and I can like do events or did people just seek you out and you sort of threw yourself into those spaces? That's really interesting. Um, I, so I, you know, posting content on TikTok was like my thing for a while and the TikTok creator fund, I remember it had just come out. I signed up to be a part of it, but the creator fund didn't really pay creators that much money. Yeah. Um, so what started happening was I was getting DMS, um, from certain businesses that were like, Hey, we would like you to come play live. Yeah. And as somebody who's like kind of played in an orchestra and was posting videos online, playing these videos, like playing pop songs in person was not something that I was like familiar with. Sure. And so I had DMS from people who wanted me to play in weddings, corporate events, things like that. And that was kind of the aha moment for me. It was like, Oh, you know, now I can charge to pay, play live. Yeah. 
And um, I kind of jumped into it head first, not really knowing what to expect or like what kinds of things that I would need at the time. Uh, so a lot of it, it was a huge learning curve for me. Like, and eventually, like at this point now, I've met a lot of musicians to, who do this like all the time. Right. And people who who know like what kinds of things are needed to support musicians. Um, but uh, that was, I think, the moment for me was like playing live you know, being able to travel around, have people like fly me places to go play like pop songs. And that's like so amazing. And like, I've never done that before. I remember the first time I was ever flown to play somewhere was, and I took my cello with me, which probably was a mistake. Um, so I went to Chicago to go film some TikToks and I like checked my cello underneath the plane and I remember getting my cello back from the flight back to D.C. I took it out of the baggage claim and like the bridge, which is like the piece that holds the strings in the middle of the instrument. I know that, shifted. but I'm glad you yeah. explained it yeah. for other people that don't know. Well, I'm used to explaining it now because I did a cello anatomy video on YouTube recently. So. Oh, how chic. Yeah. But yeah, it was completely shifted like off the cello and the strings were like all out of whack. And I was like, OK, I'm never doing this again. So what's the alternative to that? You like rent a cello? Yeah, you you can rent a cello while you're there or just get an extra plane seat. So, like, one time I flew with my cello, like, in a seat next to me. Oh, my God. So, people are like, I'd love for you to fly out to L.A. so that we could have you play for my daughter's 16th birthday. And you're like, perfect. It'll be me and a seat for my cello. And they're like, excellent. We'd love to do that. I mean, it kind of looks like a body, right? (laughs) That's wild. So, and I am going to Oregon. Oregon. Okay. This summer. Cool. So we're yeah, bent. Like where, where are you yeah. doing? Portland? Um, it's a crate and barrel opening. <laughs> and I'm playing for their opening. Oh yeah, my gosh, be... it's so crazy. Yes, yeah, Portland. Portland. Yeah, Portland. So, what was the very first gig you booked? Do you remember? Oh, man. I mean, you haven't been doing this for that long. I want to point out, like, you said it's been two years, basically. Yeah. That's crazy. I, when yeah. You, and then you associated it with the pandemic, and I was like, damn, the pandemic was two, like, started two years ago, and, like, we are kind of, like, just coming, whatever, kind of coming yeah. out of it now, and, like, it's, like, it's all happened so fast for you. Yeah, yeah, like, insane. It's insane, but... You, like, blinked, and it's like, oh, yeah. I'm, like, yeah, famous. and I, like, it doesn't sort even of. feel like it's been two years, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I understand. I can only um, imagine. So you can't remember your first Well, <laughs> so I do remember, I'm thinking back right now, I do remember the first video that I was paid for. Okay. Um, cause I started posting a lot on TikTok, and this was like, while I was still living in Blacksburg, I got a DM from, I think it was, um, a band called the midnight mm, and I hadn't heard their music before, but they reached out to me about this song that they were coming out with. And they were like, we'll pay you to post a video of you doing like a cello cover to this yeah. song. So I remember getting money for that and I was like, Oh, this is cool. So are you at this point, like googling like what to charge for services yeah, yeah, like is like, that what you're having yeah, to do because yeah. like and you don't know anybody at the same no, caliber I, I didn't know at the time like you know and I would say like I guess to any creator that's posting right now that has a ton of momentum like I had this crazy amount of momentum in yeah. the beginning. like it's so hard to know because like you don't even realize that you have all this momentum because it's just like I would remember like looking down at my phone and I have like 10,000 new followers and it's like <laughs> lifetime and it's like, <laughs> like yeah. what yeah right like the internet is just insane I don't understand how TikTok internet works is crazy. who is seeing this like how are they seeing this why are all these random people trying to contact me yeah it's overwhelming um 
but like, yeah, I remember Googling stuff like, what do I charge? How do I know how to navigate all of this? Right. And it's like at the time you're like, well, I've got a Venmo and a PayPal. So I guess people will pay (laughs) me this way. Like, have you had to like solidify a contract now? Like, do you have all of these things like legalities? Yeah. Yeah. And you can only use my songs for certain things. Like, are you in that space now? Yeah. Like I, um, you know, I have a, a booking manager now. His name's Carter Ward. He's how she. Yeah. So he, booking manager. Yeah, and he, uh, he's also a DJ, but he's also like a music producer as well. Sure. So he produces a lot of my stuff, and we also work really well together. It's really cool. Um, so him and uh, my videographer Ryan and I, like, we work together a lot. You got a little so, team. Yeah, it's a great team, and we all work really well together, and we're friends, and we can like have fun and party together, which is great. Okay. <laughs> um, but like, yeah. So like, but in the beginning, it was. It was just myself like trying to get in touch with all these people on Instagram I can and, like, only imagine through what my like. email and like I don't know even know how these people are getting my number and it's like yeah so you uh, definitely overwhelming but very exciting too yeah 100% um, so so would you say then um I always ask the question of like what has been your biggest challenge and I asked that question but I'm almost like I feel like what you just described as a challenge but I'm wondering if there's a different one that you've kind of had to overcome as you've been doing all the things that you've been doing yeah that's a that's a good question um i feel like you know there's a there's a couple challenges one on the like the whole cello content creation side of things and performing live which was something that like playing live shows like right. that was something Different that was being behind a camera yeah it was like new for me and um you know bringing my cello out into a public space and just starting to play and all these people are like looking at me and they're like you know we're filming a video like getting comfortable with that yeah and also having I almost had this like and I still do like this imposter syndrome like there are people that have gone to music school like you know people like my siblings who have gone and studied at these amazing schools and I would have loved to do that and stuff but like that wasn't at the time what I was focused on and, you know, being able to be comfortable in my ability and my technical ability at the cello, um, but also knowing that there's people that have gone to music school for this, but I'm getting booked for the, some of the similar gigs that they are. Like, there's almost this sense of like, like, am I really worthy of this? Or like, should, you know, am, am I the one that people should be booking? Yeah. Like there's this almost sense of imposter syndrome. Um, so I've learned to just like accept um, you know, the way that I approach music and my musical style. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've just continued to develop and grow. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting and it doesn't matter who I sit down and talk with when I have these conversations and you may have heard of some of them already, but like everybody, every entrepreneur, regardless of the type of entrepreneur you are, has to deal with imposter syndrome and it's it's human nature right mm-hmm. we just like we're living in a society where we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people and we yeah. we recognize hopefully most people recognize like people's um strengths and um oftentimes we're constant <laughs> oftentimes we are sitting there and, yeah. and comparing ourselves to the next person and mm-hmm. yeah there's somebody that may have gone to school longer and there may be somebody that has like you know more accolades than the next person. But the reality is, is that 
as human beings, we are empowered to make our own decisions yeah. and like what you do speaks to people mm-hmm. in a different way than maybe, um, somebody else, you know, mm-hmm. speaks to people. It's no different than like the conversation of, okay, like who's the best guitarist. Yeah. Some people are going to say yeah. Jimi Hendrix. Other people are going to be like John Mayer. I mean, like uh-huh. it really depends on like who you are and what your ears right. hear yeah. and or Jerry Garcia. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we could go like for a while. Um, and I just think like, good on you to recognize that your sisters like put in some serious work, especially your sister like, that went so to Jill- Juilliard. Yeah. I mean like, damn, yeah. but also you play different instruments and it's yeah. a different time. And, um, no one could have first seen this like TikTok yeah. thing, yeah. like yeah. reels yeah. and all that other stuff. And I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it's a healthy thing to have imposter syndrome, but then to be able to overcome it, I think is really yeah. what's like super important. You should be super confident in what you do. Cause it's yeah. very impressive. Yeah. And I've learned to have that like self-confidence. I think it's grown as I've played live more and seen people react to my music live. Yeah. You know, having that affirmation on the internet is one thing, but then mm-hmm. when it's live in person and people are like, wow, this sounds really good. Like, like, do you have a card? Like, that really means You're like, a lot. Shit, to I better me. get yeah. business cards. Yeah, and then my <laughs> friend Carter, he made me a bunch of business cards, and like, you know, we started going from there. Yeah. So, no, that's incredible. Yeah, I think that's one challenge that I've had to overcome, but it's been really rewarding to just like grow in that process. Yeah. Question for you: What was your relationship to like social media and the internet before this? And I only ask that question because it's got to be like. It's it was just minimal. different. It was yeah. very minimal is what I'd say. Yeah. You were like um, flying under the radar. Yeah, basically. Like, you're like, I don't know. Like, pictures don't know. with my friends. Yeah. My friend. Yeah, it was like my friends. Like Miller um, Light or something. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what you drink. <laughs> it was. Yeah. I actually, actually my favorite, my favorite beer. Is Miller Light. Light so. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. I mean, I just, I, I can't. Like, I'm sure you deal with, like, positive affirmation. Hopefully most people are nice to you on the internet, but I would assume that there's got to be some people that are just, like, Yeah, but what's interesting is, like, for the cello, like, there's... If you were to look across, like, TikTok or social media in general, there's not that much hate for my content versus other people. And I don't want to say, like, I'm tooting my own horn, but, like... It's like in other niches of content, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of like controversial comments, but for my content, for some reason, um, you know, I don't get a lot of that, which I'm really thankful for. Like, it's really nice. Do you think that's because it's like, it just brings people joy generally? Like it's like music speaks to people in different ways. Yeah. And I try to just only post stuff that I really love, like, and I'm having a good time posting it. Like I, I want other people to hear that. Yeah. So that's why I'll post it. And I don't post as much as like other people do. And I don't like to post stuff that I'm not comfortable with existing for a long time, you know? And it's just like, yeah, you know, I try to like really think about, um, the songs that I cover or like stuff that I put on the internet. Um, and I want it to be something that's like meaningful contribution to like society. And I think that other people will enjoy. Well, I'm still waiting for you to post the video that I took for you. <laughs> I understand if it wasn't the right angle. Well, so I actually looked at that video and <laughs> I was chewing gum and I was like, I just like, don't like that look. <laughs> Okay, well, then I guess it's never going to make it to the internet. And I was like, I'm like, my mouth is open. And I I'm thought just you were just having a good time. Gum. It was really hot. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, I was like, I hate that. Like, I hate that. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but it, it was a great out. video, but it was on me. I just like, I was chewing gum and I should have spit my gum out before I performed. But I always do that. But it's like, okay. It was a bunch but, of yoga people. They weren't looking yeah. at you anyway. Um, 
Okay, so one of the things I always ask people before they come onto um, the show, if we will, uh, is what drives you. And your answer was teamwork, which I thought was so interesting because initially I looked at it and I was like, oh, but he does the solo thing. Mm-hmm. But now that I've heard you talk, you talk a lot about like the people that have inspired you and you talk a lot about the people that are supporting you. So uh, maybe talk me through teamwork and what you mean by it, it being your driver. Yeah, I, I just um, like I don't know why I picked that. There's so many like words I could have picked, but it stood out to you. Though. Yeah, There's it, a reason st- you it stood it. out to me. And I would say, like, for me, um, I think any team brings in, especially in the creative process, a lot more diversity of thought. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll be working and I, and I like to surround myself with team members who will kind of shoot straight with me and won't just like tell me what I want to hear. And I love working, like I mentioned before with like Carter and Ryan, like they'll just tell me like certain things. If I ask them something, they'll just tell me straight up. And like, that's an objective thing that like everybody who is doing anything ever needs to have around them. It's like people that will do that. Yeah. Um, and while this started, And while you see on social media that there's, you know, it's just me on most of these videos playing the cello, um, it can be easy to see like, oh, that's just, you know, that's Andrew. That's at Savoy Boy on TikTok or whatever, just playing the cello. He's dropping it out there. I was going to ask at the end, (laughs) but I love that you did that now. (laughs) I I am always like, what a lot of people don't realize if you're just looking at that video is like, there's a whole team of people that's behind that video. Sure. It's the you know, people who asked me to cover that song or it's somebody who had that idea that commented on that video that was like, Hey, you should do this or film in this location, or maybe you should come play, um, or say this certain thing or, you know, the videographer who shot the video or like all these other people who are with me and are like just part of that creative process. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, so many more things can be accomplished with, a good team. So I'm always trying to surround myself with people that um, will just shoot straight with me and um, help me be creative and come up with great ideas. I mean, preach like that's, it's so important and it doesn't matter who you are and what you do. I don't care if you have a like nine to five job that, you know, requires you to sit at a desk. If you don't have good people around you, like you're just never going to be at your full potential. I think that's also one of the things I learned in the healthcare setting as well. Yeah. Like the healthcare setting now is, is, um, is so team based and everybody has such a very specific role. Yeah. And, um, I think that's one of the things that draws me to medicine too, is just the amount of teamwork that's involved. You get to work with so many different people to like impact people's lives. No, I mean, I think that's, that's perfect. That's amazing. The next question I I ask people is always like, if you had one piece of advice, what to give, but I feel like, (laughs) damn, you just gave it. But is there anything else? I mean, like when you think about the road that you've traveled and kind of what you have accomplished by being a content creator and being a content creator in a very niche um, like space is there like one piece of advice that you give people that may be embarking on maybe a similar journey or something considering a similar route yeah that's a good question um, you know I think one of the things that drives me is um, trying to create stuff that will inspire other people like my nine year old self looking at that cellist and playing you know and um, I, th- I really think um my piece of advice would be 
it's really easy on the internet to, com- like you said before, compare yourself to other people. Yeah. Um, you know, you can at in five seconds find somebody that's like better in whatever you're trying to do, right? Or like is more um, is is a better speaker, or is like um, you know if you're in the gym space, or is like has has a more prolific social media presence, or something like that. It's so easy to like compare yourself, right? And it instantly sometimes discourages you from just trying whatever you feel in your heart is like good to produce or create. Um, and that's something that I've had to struggle with. And to anybody who's listening to this, who has an idea, but they're just kind of putting it on the back burner because they don't think that they're worthy to produce that, or they don't think they're the person I would tell them that they should just do it. And I think you'll be more comfortable with yourself and you're going to grow in that process. And, um, you know, I've seen myself grow through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that's not an experience that I would have had if I didn't just kind of go out there and just start posting more and more and um, putting myself out there in a way that I had not previously. Yeah, so. that's really good advice. So um, I recognize that you are about to embark on some very serious life stuff and, and yeah. take to another state and all that good stuff. And Chicago is such an incredible city. And you already know that because you've spent time there. So yeah. I don't need to tell you that. But in the meantime, if people do want to like, um, find your content, scroll back, go deep, like fall into a hole on TikTok, Instagram, all of the above, how can they find you? What's the best way to listen to you? All of that good stuff. I mean, yeah, there's just so many things. Go this ahead. Is, I love this out. part. I can plug as much as I want. Plug away. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, if you Google my name, Andrew Savoya, you can find my website and that's how you book me for events and stuff. Um, also I have a feature on there where like you can request songs and you know, uh, you can pay me to create a cello cover that's oh custom gosh. for you. Like for Cameo. Yeah, exactly. Are you on Cameo? Uh, I am not on Cameo. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, Maybe eventually. Maybe eventually. Yeah. We'll see what's in the card. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so andrewsavoyacello.com is my website. And my Instagram is just my name, Andrew Savoya, and my TikTok, at Savoy Boy. And that was, what, funny thing about that, that was my Snapchat handle from like middle school. <laughs> so like, I didn't really change it. So, yeah. you know, when I started blowing up on TikTok, I just kind of kept it. So good for so you. you can find me. Yeah, that is Savoy Boy. Yeah. That's- and it's now Fire. a thing. Yeah, it's just, I didn't think it would follow me this far, but here we are. So. Here you are now. You should have thought about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, I really appreciate you um, sitting down and having this conversation. I can only imagine some of the um, tug of war you go through with regards to your passions, both of them being so... Mm-hmm. Um, so purposeful, uh, one of which, you know, being able to provide people with music and, and I just, I like hold music at such a high regard and I think it, mm. it helps people, like you said, get through really, really tough moments. It helps people feel inspired. It helps people, you know, take themselves to the next level. And then to also know that you are stepping into a space where you can provide purpose by being able to help people in need it is like so, um, empowering. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate you taking time to chat with me about this. Yeah. I'm really glad I had the opportunity to meet you in real life yeah. you're very cool which i wasn't doubting that that would be the case oh, you're very cool thank, thank you, for you. oh my gosh yeah. thank you no problem and uh yeah i'm excited to see what happens with your future and what other songs you plan to cover anything kind of like cooking up 
Oh yeah, we've got. So I'm working with Tommen Music Company, which is a big distributor of music, uh, like music equipment and stuff. Yeah. And I've got some YouTube videos cooking up with them, some new covers. Okay. I'm also working with a violinist to create some more like full covers yes. to post on Spotify and all those streaming platforms. So stay tuned for that. But okay. all right, well we'll stay tuned. Yeah. Thanks thank you again. for giving me this opportunity. I really appreciate it, Karen. Yeah. No problem. All right. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard, give us a follow on Instagram, driven by underscore blank, share it with your friends, pass along the good word, and for the love of God, continue to acknowledge your passions, let love be your guide, and always walk in purpose. Until next time, I'm Karen, and this has been a conversation about the intersection between passion and purpose.